This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest, and in this particular case, returning guest, good friend of mine, Trish Tonai. So what can I tell you about Trish? Well, Trish Tonai believes in the power of storytelling and knows that sharing stories creates an environment of mentorship, business innovation, and collaboration. As a master coach and certified personal trainer, she works with entrepreneurs and leadership teams shaping organizational culture and breaking barriers to success. Trish is the founder and guest blog host for Share Your Stories Online, featuring entrepreneurs who are passionate about their business. She is also the host for Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real, a live interview and podcast series. As a published author, she has two books, Breaking Barriers, 10 Entrepreneurial Women Share Their Stories, and A Diary of Change, 12 Personal Tools. With a love of writing, she has co-authored an e-magazine on wealth and well-being and is a regular contributor to Thrive Global and CanFit Pro Magazine. If you're an entrepreneur, she invites you to share your story and pay it forward through mentorship. Trish, welcome back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. How are you, my friend? Thank you. It's wonderful to spend some time with you again, Lisa. You know what? I'm doing really well and um, really looking forward to, to having a chat today. Yes. Well, this is awesome. This has been in the works for quite some time. And, you know, time, who, who has any concept of time these days, particularly in COVID days? So let's talk a little bit about that, actually, because most people who tune into this show, a good portion are entrepreneurs and every entrepreneur is interested in what the current status is of fellow entrepreneurs. How's business going? How's client, uh, you know, dealing with clients, business as usual? So let's talk a little bit about how COVID has or has not impacted business for you, Trish. Well, I must admit that uh, most of the clients that I work with have been, they're kind of at polar opposites. They're either been able to pick up some additional revenue streams and are at least being able to meet last year's objectives, or they've been significantly affected by COVID and they're struggling to kind of regroup and find some new opportunities within their own uh, networks. 
So it's kind of the polar opposite. There's, there's no happy medium, to be quite honest. Right, right. Absolutely. And I can attest to that myself with my own clients and radio guests, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it's -hmm. always good to ask the question because people, you know, have a hard time sometimes wondering, especially, and I know in different places, because this is a global international show, some people, they're still on lockdown. Some people, things are starting to, you know, loosen up a little bit. So for anybody who's tuning in, I think everybody's trying to figure out, you know, to what degree is circumstances that are may not be favorable for me, meaning the other person, the listener, you know, they're trying to get a sense of the barometer of the whole scope here, you know, so that they they can understand and put it into context that, you know, if things are still not up and running the way ideally we would want them to be, it's, you know, it's for some people, a lot of people, it's still status quo. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The folks that I are looking for new opportunities, um, I've actually been brokering some folks who want to sort of partner. So if they're a solopreneur and they've been sort of chugging along doing their own thing and COVID hit and they found it, uh, you know, the revenue was affected, they're now saying, okay, so this is going to be around for a while. So let's be realistic about the future. So maybe what I should do is try to partner with some other folks who are in a similar product or service or a complementary product or service. And let's see if we can collaborate and maybe do some cross promoting. Um, You know, is there a way that we can do some revenue sharing, Um, giving folks maybe a little bit of time off, you know, Mm -hmm. so if you've been working sort of that 60 hours a week, um, they may say, okay, well, if I collaborate with someone who's in a similar business to mine, maybe we can split the the um, the opportunities behind the scene, you know, the workload behind the scene, and maybe we can both go back to working maybe only 30 hours a week. So those are some of the opportunities that have presented themselves. But it really comes from the mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa, you know, I, I'm an extrovert, and I live alone, and I had some serious difficulties in the beginning <laughs> during that whole lockdown phase, because I was like, Holy doodle, you know, like I have the smartest plants in the world because, you know, you can only talk to yourself for so long. You can only do so many Zoom calls. And um, it was a real struggle for me personally because I was like, wow, like this is and the weather wasn't great. So it's not like you could go outside and, you know, uh, you know, do some gardening or whatever. It was cold and it was miserable out. So um, it's really been a whole attitude shift. And I've been Mm -hmm. finding most of the clients that I work with are really taking a look at the purpose, vision, and core values of where they are now, where they see themselves um, in the future, because I think we're all having to sort of rejig that mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love what you came back in terms of your answer of partnership collaboration, you know, sharing the cost revenue. I mean, really good suggestions. Um, So thank you for that, Trish. And I would also be interested to know because, you know, you've been on the show a couple of times now. And regardless of whether COVID has impacted things, not impacted things, Let's bring the audience up to date for those who closely follow the show and who have already tuned into previous interviews with yourself and myself. What's changed for you? What's new? What's upcoming uh, with any degree of of certainty in terms of being able to schedule things going forward? But any updates, highlights? I'd love to hear more about how things have progressed for you on the business front, Trish, because you're always a woman of momentum and you're always leveling up and you're always scaling and you're you're very innovative when it comes to finding new tech, uh, techniques or strategies to enhance or enrich your business model? 
Well, you know, it, to your point, uh, the last time we spoke, I had just launched ShareYourStories.online, which is the guest blog. And um, we've now got over 150 stories in uh, international stories that we featured. We've given that particular uh, initiative its own website and given it its own identity. And, you know, during COVID, what I decided to do was start a live interview series. And, you know, that was a huge outside the comfort zone thing for me because (laughs) I had uh, some huge reservations about being on video, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to use those platforms. And I thought, okay, girlfriend, well, you know what? Here's an opportunity. Start to talk to people. Give them an opportunity to increase their visibility. It kind of ties into my three success principles. So I had to overcome my fear. um, And I started doing the live interviews. And at the beginning, folks said to me, are you crazy? Live interviews? You have no idea where the story's going to (laughs) go. And I thought, you know, we're going to tie it back into the guest blog. We're going to talk about people's businesses. Um, We're going to get some words of advice from them on whatever product or service is their area of expertise. And I have to tell you, it has been one of the most amazing things in terms of my own passion project and growth and development, because I have loved every minute of doing those interviews with folks. I think we've now clocked over 30 interviews. Um, I'm booked, you know, sort of almost to the end of the year already. Mm-hmm. And uh, people, people are looking for an opportunity to share their story. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I mean, I've never known you to be immobilized by fear. This is why you're an ongoing guest on the show, because you really do know how to step into it. And you've never been one, in my knowledge of knowing you, that gets in your way. Like, you know, whatever comes up where it's seemingly uncomfortable or it's foreign terrain, you step into it, which is what I love about you. I really admire that quality about you, Trish. Um, Well, you know, I have to say I'm celebrating 27 years as an entrepreneur at the end of this month. Congratulations. um, Thank you. And you know what? There, There are highs and lows, ups and downs, lots of speed bumps or road bumps. And you know what? You just have to get over yourself, to be quite honest. You know, you can't take yourself so seriously. Right. You've, you've got to be able to fail. You have to be able to try something and go, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, look at what the positives were out of that experience and how do we change it and modify it so that, you know, we can kind of move forward. And in today's day and age, you know, we can't be stagnant. If mm-hmm. you're going to be an entrepreneur in this economy, you've got to be able to think on your feet. Um, we have to be visionaries for the future, and we really do have to embrace and welcome change. So, you know, none of us like change. You know, nobody, I, I've never met an entrepreneur yet that, you know, sat back and said, oh, yes, I love change every day, you know, it's a new day. Well, that may be true, but at the end of the day, we do look for some consistency and some sort of pattern to, mm-hmm. our, uh, to a routine. Um, But we do have to step into the fear. And if I've learned anything in the 27 years of being an entrepreneur is that uh, the road is not going to be a straight line from point A to B. You know, we've all seen those graphs where you see it looks like a squiggle doodle, right? (laughs) Where uh, you start at A and it's like, oh, good Lord, where is B? I can't even see it anymore. Um, So you really, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, that's part of the journey. And I guess, you know, when I left my corporate life and started uh, that entrepreneurial journey, that was the thing that was really gravitating me towards uh, being an entrepreneur is I really wanted to change. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to do things a little outside of the status quo. So 
um, being a maverick and coming up with new ideas and kind of rebrands. So I've done four rebrands in 27 years. So that may be something that, you know, your listening audience may be interested in is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you end up changing your business, business model based on your customer. Yeah. So, you know, my, it was my customer who forced me into the first rebrand um, and then circumstances sometimes make that change. So we really do have to be able to kind of navigate things from a different perspective. And that's really what makes entrepreneurship fun. Absolutely. Well, again, congratulations on 27 year anniversary. That's phenomenal. And it's, it's, uh, it's really inspiring even for me as a fellow entrepreneur. So um, and a lot of entrepreneurs, fellow entrepreneurs who I've spoken to and people who I've interviewed and people who follow the show, you know, I think the entrepreneurial mindset has equipped people to also fall into those of us who have children. We became teachers. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we mm-hmm. coupled what was already extenuous in terms of output and meeting deadlines and whatnot, and then throw into the mix, oh, your kids are on March break. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, and now it's summer. And, and up until recently, we didn't know what September was going to look like for return to school. So, you know, on, there's so many benefits that I believe, and I know that you can attest to this as well, Trish. Uh, And it's not even just for people who have children or don't have children, but it really does equip you for dealing with all the curveballs. And as you cited and referenced, you know, there is no point A to point B. There's no straight line. It's it's squiggly. It's all over the place. It's rebranding. It's going back to the drawing board. It's looking at contingency plans. It's looking at options. It's it's also taking a look at you don't know what you don't know. And we all fall into that Mm -hmm. category because not everybody has 100 percent skill set in every domain that makes becoming or being an entrepreneur possible, um, right. which is why I absolutely love collaboration and partnership and, and why I love your work ethic and your style in terms of being relatable to people, not just clients, but also fellow intra- entrepreneurs such as myself. So let's talk a little bit about um, in the 27 years, because I want, I mean, that's something worth commemorating, but let's talk about outside of the rebranding process. What have you come, because again, being entrepreneur, you become exceptionally clear, not just within vision, not just within who you are as an individual or your non-negotiables or your goals or strategies, um, but you just become really accentuated in your outlook towards things, your attitude, your mindset. So what are you most impressed by, proud of, um, about yourself in your 27-year journey as an entrepreneur? That's a really good question. I I would have to say it would have to be my innovation and being able to think outside the box to try new things. Um, Because, you know, when I started my career, I had this wonderful idea that, you know, I was going to work for so many years and then, you know, I was going to retire and sit in my backyard and, you know, drink pina coladas or coffee and really enjoy myself. (laughs) And then, you know, reality hits and you're like, uh, that's kind of not going to happen, you know, um, because you, you don't know how to sort of gear down and take that sort of mock two with your hair on fire attitude and then sort of sit back and say, okay, well, now I'm going to read a book or, um, you know, I'm just going to sit and relax. Um, I have found that there's just uh, the, the momentum keeps going forward and there never seems to be a time when you can sort of say, Uh, I need to take a break. So Mm -hmm. one of the non-negotiables that I had to learn was I really had to schedule time off. Yes. 
Yes. And that's not an easy that, thing to do. No. And it's really difficult because you know what? We're all about service, right? We're service yeah. to our, our clientele. We're service to our, our family and friends. It's all about giving back. So it's really hard to say no. And um, I've really had to learn the art and the finesse of being able to um, not only be able to say no to other folks, but to be able to hear a no from someone Mm -hmm. else, you know, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I I was always willing at the beginning, oh, you know, I won't take that afternoon off or, you know, I won't go to that family function. This is more important. This is going to help fuel the energy, you know, to make me successful. So I ended up making a lot of uh, decisions that probably hurt some relationships along the way because you know fueling that fire was really important to me and when you're doing it on your own as you well know um, Mm -hmm. there's no plan b you know you Mm -hmm. you don't have a fallback position you got to keep going forward Mm -hmm. and uh, throughout the time I, I really learned that you have to be true to yourself at some point you have to give your you have to give yourself permission to recharge the batteries. Bingo. Bingo. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll just personally attest to that because, as you know, personally speaking, I took a bit of a hiatus for the month of August. And it's not to say that I've not been working, but I've w- been working at a different pace and getting things right. in the tank for September. And that was the first time in my life I can honestly say I've ever done that either in this vocation or prior vocation of 25 years. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it, and it wasn't comfortable, wasn't familiar. And it was something that took me a month to reach that decision. But I, I want to impress upon you what you said, how important that is. One, because it's asserting boundaries and people will only treat you how you let them. So if you don't assert your boundaries, um, not only is that a, not a, a, a good tactic for business relationships, um, but it, it's also too, if you're looking at the longevity or down the road, if you've got a two-year plan, a five-year plan, well, good luck sustaining that if there's nothing mm-hmm. in the tank in which to sustain that with. I mean, you've got to look after right. yourself. And we know that more than ever during these times of COVID, how important one's health is and well-being and putting certain uh, practices into place to ensure that you are operating at your optimum. You know, what's really important, I always la- I always think to myself, is your own enthusiasm gets in the way, right? Because that what, that's what really fuels your own energy is your own enthusiasm and motivation and passion about what it is mm-hmm. that you do. And so you almost have to temper that somewhat and say, okay, it really doesn't matter if I do that today or next week. So it's your work ethic that kind of gets in the way and says, no, 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 you know, let's let's just do it and get it done. And then, you know, it's not on the to-do list for tomorrow. So that's been a real um, learning curve for me and being able to temper the enthusiasm so that and keep up the, the energy and the fuel for the passion so that when you move to that next level of success, you still have enough energy to, to keep the fuel tank open, and yet at the same time, you haven't disappointed other people in terms of your own commitments, and you've been able to keep that energy moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very key points, and I appreciate you uh, impressing that upon the listening audience and, and all the fellow ent- entrepreneurs who are tuning into this. So thank you, Trish. Um, you and I have yet to get together again. And now that I know that you're mm-hmm. upon your 27 year anniversary, we're going out and we're <laughs> celebrating. 
That'll be great. <laughs> yes. Well, I enjoyed our first time getting together following one of our interviews. And I thought this woman is such a dynamo. Like you really are, Trish. And uh, although I've taken a bit of a hiatus from social media, I was up until that point following you quite closely. And what you've uh, what you continue to put out there in terms of content is very, very impressive. Thank you. Thank yes. You. Yeah, well, I guess it's that, that old marketing and advertising background, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's really interesting because you find your voice. That's the other really cool thing um, about being an entrepreneur is at some particular point in time, you find your voice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You find the thing that you want to share and then, you know, you really want to give it your all and be able to, in, to ensure that what it is that you're sharing is a value to someone else. And then mm-hmm. that's how we build our networks, right? I mean, I've got some really awesome people on uh, social platforms. Um, that's the beauty of the social network is that it's international. So no different than share your stories. You know, we have folks from all over the world who have now participated in, in that initiative. And it's really wonderful to see that it doesn't matter where you live necessarily in terms of the geography we all experience the same trials and tribulations when we're mm-hmm. in business for ourselves. You know, the problems are so similar, uh, yet so different and yet the same, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's really been wonderful to speak to some folks that are uh, in various different geographies around the world and to be able to hear the same sort of challenges and opportunities that they have that I've experienced throughout my own career. So it's really kind of nice to know that, there are kindred spirits out there who kind of go through and follow the same path and journey. And, and even though they may be in a totally different business and in a totally different country, um, there's still a lot of similarities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the women and share your stories. Have you come to find in uh, the, the vast majority, because I mean, it's really grown for you exponentially. So in terms of the forthcoming stories, the collaborations, really hearing people's backstories, what it is that they produce to you in print, are there some common themes that you've come to recognize as being part of the collective for these women who are contributors to this? You know, what's interesting is that it's, um, the beauty of it is there, there may be it's a sort of a 90-10 mix. So it's 90% women and 10% men. Mm-hmm. And what I found really interesting is that the men who have participated in the series actually have really wonderful connections in terms of the relationships with their friends, family, and their own network outside of gender. And I thought that has been really cool because, you know, um, I was I look liken myself sort of to a maverick. Um, when I was starting my first business, a lot of my friends were uh, having children and starting, you know, their families, and I was out there beating the pavement looking for the next sale. So they, they kind of looked at me like I had two heads. Like seriously, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> um, so it's been it's been kind of interesting to see that the men who participated in the Share Your Stories have an equally healthy attitude about business and trying to balance um, family, friends, and work. And I think if there's anything that it would be a commonality amongst all of the folks who have shared their stories in the guest blog is that we're all trying to find what is that percentage, you know, how much effort Mm -hmm. do we put towards work? How much effort do we put to our immediate families and how much time and energy do we spend with our families while still having time for ourselves? So that's the big balancing act. 
And mm-hmm. it, it, to, to the point, it doesn't matter where you live or what industry you're in. Everyone is finding that sort of how do we slice the pie to a way that works for us. And mm-hmm. that's the real beauty of it because it's different for everybody. Absolutely. Well, and I, what I have found interesting too, and some of the people that I have interviewed over the years who are top tier producers and really top of their game um, and, and very recognizable on media, what they have said too in, in a certain percentage is that they don't even believe in the concept of balance because every day yeah. will throw you something completely different. So you can have your pie yeah. chart, you can have your therapy session, you can have your whatever in terms of contracting with yourself or your family or your business partners or shareholders or whatever, what that percentage or ratio looks like. But at the end of the day, COVID being a perfect example, that goes right out the window. You just reconfigure your priorities and you take a look at what's feasible, what's within the tank, what are your resources and how do you navigate it all? And, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's never, as you said at the beginning, there's no straight line for that. And when there's no straight line, particularly as an entrepreneur, very hard then to equate that with uh, a tangible ratio or formula that's going to give a third here, a third there, or a third there. Right. Sometimes it's a hundred percent in that domain and you take time off and other times it's, it's whatever, it's whatever the, the, the challenge or the priority dictates, right? And you roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's what, whatever circumstances you happen to be in at that given time. And, and I think but I think the, the, the commonality is we're all struggling with the same thing. You know, yes, we're all trying yes. to, we're trying to juggle all of those balls and we're all trying to give each of them a hundred percent. And once you've been, um, you know, on the road, whether you're a, a you know, a part of the leadership team working for a large corporation or whether you're an entrepreneur, it's exactly the same because it comes down to work ethic. So, you know, we all seem to be trying to juggle the same kinds of things at the same time. And to your point, it just depends on what's happening in your life at that given moment that will tweak the the percentages between all of those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and so what's upcoming, whether it be share your stories and further extension or whatever the case may be, Thrive Global, we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, we can talk about the CanFit Pro magazine. I want to give you this opportunity in which to highlight the progress, the momentum. And, and for the listeners, too, who are taken in by what you're saying and thinking, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to connect. I want to share my story. How can people contact you, Trish? You know, it's really easy peasy. Shareyourstories.online is the uh, website. And mm-hmm. we've made everything, obviously, is electronic. So there is a tab in the top right-hand corner that says share your story. You just click on that and fill out the questions and add your photos. And then um, your submission will go to my team. And then we just take a look at, you know, to ensure that the grammar is correct, that you've got, that you've included your website connection. And then we send you an email and give you the date uh, of your feature and all of our social connections so that we can amplify your visibility by connecting your story. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we blast it out on social media. So uh, we've got some great testimonials from folks who have been able to collaborate with other people that are now part of the database. Um, you know, we had one uh, gal who sent me a message and she was so ecstatic. She said, oh my God, I shared my story a couple weeks ago and 
someone saw the story and specifically mentioned that they had seen it in one of your uh, social media posts, and they've asked me to participate in a Netflix-style dating uh, show. And wow. I said, wow, that's fantastic. So it's, it's nice when the eyeballs start to go on to your initiative and, you know, mm-hmm. folks are able to increase their visibility because that's really what it's all about. You know, I, I classify myself as being in the winter of my career. And so for the winter of my career, it's all about paying it forward for me because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I know what it was like when I started my business uh, in 1993. You know, a mentor wore a blue suit and a red tie. And uh, business consulting was in the incubator stage, and nobody had ever heard of a coach unless it was part of a sports team. <laughs> and so things have changed dramatically, you know. Yes. Um, there's, there's lots of water that's passed under the bridge in, those, in that time frame. So for me, it's all about paying it forward because, you know, I can remember um, when I met the, so the first book I self-published, my second book, I had a traditional publisher Um, I'm currently working on the third book, which will be a collective of stories from shareyourstories.online. We're going to share 100 stories from the folks who participated. And we're going to do it as an ebook so that um, it'll be easily downloadable. And what we're going to do with the revenue is I'm going to come up with an entrepreneurial bursary. And anyone who's participated in the book can then vote. Um, you know, we haven't gotten to that stage yet because I'm just in the process of writing the book. But hopefully in the spring of next year, it will be available. And so um, all of the proceeds will go towards that entrepreneurial journey. So for me, it's about paying it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at that stage in my career where I just would like to be able to give someone that little bit of a leg up. But, you know, to the funny story, when uh, I, I know that you've interviewed uh, Jack Canfield before, and I heard in his um, statistics that he had 146 no's before he got a yes to That's publish right. his first uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul book. Well, I'm telling you, the t- talk about tenacity, resilience, and believing in yourself. Well, I think I had seven no's by the time I had uh, met with the the publisher who uh, it ended up publishing my second book. And honest to God, I could have leapt over the desk and kissed him because I was like, oh, thank God, I don't have to do this pitch one more time. Um, but, but that's all part of it, right? It's that, yes, it is. You know, you've got this great idea. And I say every entrepreneur starts their business with a great idea. They remember the day that they were in the trenches and saying, you know, around their kitchen table or whatever, going, what do you think of this to their friends and family? Um, but what sets them apart from everybody else is actioning the great yes. idea. Absolutely. Right? And that's where the rubber hits the road, right? Because yes. that's, what separates, that's what separates the competition is saying, you know what, this is a great idea. Now I'm going to do it. You know, I've also started a, a, this this fall, we'll be launching an international mastermind uh, webinar series. And in the, it's, what's really going to be cool about the workshop is, you know, it's only two hours. It will be uh, one hour of speakers, and then we're going to go into breakout sessions where everyone has an opportunity to share ideas. We'll come back into the collective and share those ideas and then do a Q&A. And I'm only featuring people who have participated in the Share Your Stories initiative because we've got so many cool entrepreneurs who a lot of some of, of which are speakers who are willing to share the information with the rest of the folks And so we're going to uh, have one a month and that one a month initiative then will, you know, have different topics. 
Um, and then in that area of expertise, we'll have a speaker. So, you know, our first one is in September and we're featuring someone from Chicago. You know, the second one is in October. We're featuring a gal from BC. And then the third one is uh, in November and we're featuring a gal from Ontario. So we're really going to open that up for, for next year where every month we'll feature someone who's in a different total geography area mm-hmm. and we keep it really tight. Uh, we're going to keep the registration to a small number so that you really do get an opportunity to network and share ideas. So that's sort of where the Share Your Stories initiative has gone. So it started with a guest blog. It's sort of morphed into the live chat, and now it's moving into an international mastermind workshop series. So, you know, you, and I, I would have never have thought that it would have taken that path when I first started it. Uh, Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, and and that's part of the yumminess of being an entrepreneur, because as stellar as your concept might in fact be at the initial stages, you never do know. Once you start to execute and once you start to align yourself with the right people and people become receptive and familiar with what your story is and they resonate, you can't necessarily forecast or predict in advance all the great unforeseen additional opportunities that are going to come as a result of your initiative, your endeavor, your project, your plight, your mission, your whatever. Um, So I'm not at all surprised to hear that things continually show up and represent themselves for you in that way, Trish, because you are doing phenomenal things and you would resonate with a good portion of the demographic. Um, And you really are one of those people who does pay it forward and is of service. And that's the attractor factor. And going back to what you said too about Jack Canfield and paralleling that to your own situation of seven rejections, you know, we may have discussed this before, I can't quite recall, but it's really good to crystallize that in terms of you have to believe it to see it, right? Mm -hmm. So you probably, you know, it's dispiriting and it's discouraging, not just for you, but Jack Canfield and everybody else who's listening, who's encountered perhaps one rejection after another, after another. When you're emphatic about what your vision is, or when you can see the end result, or you can see to what degree what you're producing is going to enrich or enhance the lives of many people, um, that's the motivating factor. So it doesn't matter how many rejections you get, you keep going because you see the end goal or you see the benefits and the rewards that not only it has served for you personally, but once you see the tangible results for how something has benefited you, you then take it forward to the masses. You take it forward to the collective because you want everybody to win, right? When, Absolutely. When, like when you see the benefits of something uh, that's enriched your own life, it's not about hoarding it. It's about sharing the wealth. And that's when, when right. we talk about paying it forward and being of service, that's what it's about. You don't hoard the information or the gifts or the rewards. You share it to the masses because well, your, your win is everybody else's win. Absolutely. And you know, what's really cool is that um, I've recently approached uh, a a woman that I found that her story was really interesting. So I approached her as a mentor. So she's been in business. um, Geez, I would probably say for probably almost 50 years. And Mm -hmm. uh, so now she mentors other uh, entrepreneurs. And so I approached her and asked if she would mentor me. And she said, you know, absolutely. I'd known her for a little while. Um, She gave me uh, one of my first speaking gigs when I was um, publishing the book on uh, mentorship. And one of the things that she said to me was, and it always resonated, it was stuck in the back of my mind. She said, you know, Trish, 
all of those rejections take you, all of those no's take you one step closer to the yes. But what's really important is it takes you one step closer to your people. Yes. Bingo. Bingo. I love that. I absolutely so it's the love your that. people part that really made me think, you know, mm-hmm. because sometimes when we're changing directions, so, you know, the whole share your stories initiative is I'll use that as an example, a personal example for myself, because the, the Share Your Stories initiative in terms of the guest blog is free. I don't charge anybody to participate. So I mm-hmm. welcome anyone's store, anyone who wants to participate, who is an entrepreneur, obviously with a leg- legitimate business can participate. The live chat, that's also complimentary. I don't charge for that either. That's part of my paying forward thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was my mentor who said to me, okay, you know, this is really fantastic. You're really creating an energy and a momentum and you're paying it forward and you're sharing things. But you know what? At the end of the day, you still have to put food on the table for yourself. So how are we going to monetize this opportunity so that Trish is getting something out of it besides just the goodwill and paying it forward? Mm -hmm. So that's why we developed the Mastermind Series. Um, you know, it's, it's a very uh, reasonable, low cost way of, you know, sitting at home in your fluffy flippers and connecting with other entrepreneurs around the world, which are these wonderful platforms that we now have available. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, I've decided that there's a, a new column called Where Are They Now? So you can share your story in the Share Your Stories initiative, and it can sit there for forever. And as our businesses morph and change, perhaps you'd like to have a different kind of feature, and we call it Where Are They Now? So for that particular feature, it's a one-to-one interview with me, and I do charge for that. Mm -hmm. So the interesting thing, and I felt so uncomfortable about it. I was like, oh, geez, you know, I I really, because I have my coaching business, obviously, and you know, I do contribute from, uh, to, to authors, um, to other organizations. Some are paid and some are complimentary. And I thought, is it going to water down the paying it forward concept to share your stories? Not and, you at know, all. The, the, yeah, the response was so wonderful that I thought, okay, so clearly um, that was my own. I had to overcome my own obstacle. Again, mm-hmm. you know, I, even after 27 years, I still have barriers in my own entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got the paying it forward part of it. Now I have the other fo- the part where we're monetizing that success and making it accessible and available to everyone. And it really does give you a feel-good experience. Absolutely. Well, I, I think you've raised a very pivotal point because a lot of entrepreneurs, and I mean, you look at it from different schools of thought. So a lot of people will say, if you're entrepreneurial, you want to look at six or seven different revenues of income, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And if the majority of your business or your business model is not one where you're making money, you're not monetizing, then you've got to kind of look at that too. And I I can certainly appreciate uh, what you're saying, Trish, because I mean, Personally, I mean, I've had different kinds of barriers. Monetization and asking people for money has never been one of them because I'm a sole provider of two children. I've got a mortgage to pay. And the thing is, I look at it also from the framework of, you know, would I go into a grocery store, load up my cart for groceries and say, see you later or do that at a gas station? Like everything's a commodity. Right. Right. I mean, to some degree, people are going to place more value or emphasis on a certain product line or delivery of service than perhaps something else. But when you get into Mm -hmm. your niche market and you get around the people who resonate with what you're doing are doing similar things, there's so many other ways 
that constitute paying it forward and being of service, whether it be access to resources that people would be none the wiser to have, getting people in before other media opportunities in which to be interviewed and get their message out there to the masses that they otherwise wouldn't know or have that connection. So, you know, I think people have to broaden the the concept of what does pay it forward and be of service mean? Does it mean giving away everything for free? Absolutely not. Right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I think it's because for me, it started as a passion project. So we always think passion projects are things that we do of service. Mm-hmm. They're not things that we add a monetary value to. And so because the initiative started from that place, um, and now that it's gaining momentum, the, the thing that really helped me break the barrier was when my mentor said, you really need to connect with your people and your people are going to know that eventually you do need to monetize these great ideas because, you know, what might have started off as something that was sort of a a volunteer is no different than taking your side hustle, overcoming your fear and shaking that side hustle into something that becomes your full-time venture, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You you know, it starts off as, you know, you may be working in a, in a a corporation in another job and you start this great side hustle because you have a passion for it. And then before you know it, one starts gaining momentum. The other one may or may not be as uh, personally fulfilling as it was. And then you kind of sit on the fence and you go, okay, now I have an opportunity to really take this and make it into something more, or I can leave it where it is because you end up then you can't do two things at 100%. So you have to decide which way you want, you know, which way is the pendulum going to swing so that you can then invest the time, energy, and money into the thing that gives you um, fuels your own energy and gives you your passion. And so that's really how a lot of entrepreneurs start, right? It starts mm-hmm. as a side hustle. And then once you get comfortable and you build your confidence, then you make the decision that you're going to take the side hustle to the mainstream. And, uh, you know, we all squirrel away the money in our bank accounts so that we have that little bit of reserve um, because that's just how, you know, we generally were raised when we're, especially women entrepreneurs, you know, we, we always think of the practical aspects of living. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a, a difference between men and women, right? Men will just go whole hog and they'll worry about the money later for the most part, generalizing, of course. But most women need to have that reserve in the bank so that they know if the side hustle doesn't do what they hope it will do, they at least have the confidence there that will get them through the three months or six months before they can then make a decision as to how they're going to continue on the journey. Brilliant. Well put. Well said. So in terms of, again, this show appealing to entrepreneurs around the globe, and again, the whole notion of we don't know what we don't know. For people who are chiming in, listening here to you speak today, Trish, for anybody who's in the process, either as a result of getting crystal clear because of COVID and going, okay, you know, you do have to change with the times. You do have to be more innovative. I was thinking about it, but now I've, I've really gotten that nudge to want to move forward. What would you say with your 27 years of experience, all the trials and tribulations, all the ups and downs, the successes and the failures, to save people, because this is also another form of paying it forward and being of service. Again, people don't know what they don't know. So for those who are listening, who are really looking at proceeding uh, either towards the latter part of 2020 or going into 2021 with the idea of really getting themselves situated as an entrepreneur, what would you say that could perhaps spare somebody a lot of headache and grief? 
You know, I would have to say that if I had to do it all over again, I would have an, my own personal advisory board. Mm-hmm. So as I, as you start out and someone says, wow, are, are you kidding? Like you only need that when you've been in business for five years or 10 years or 15 years. And I, and I would challenge you to say, no, I don't think so. I think you need to do that from the onset. You need to have somebody who has a financial background, somebody who mm-hmm. has a marketing background, somebody who may have um, a tremendous amount of experience in the area in which you're going to move into. And what you do is you just have a coffee with those people and you just say, listen, this is my idea. This is what I'm thinking of doing. Um, you know, can you, can you give me some insight into, can you take a look at my business plan? Can you give me some insight into uh, poke some holes in it and give me, you know, a little reality check because you're so enthusiastic about what it is that you do. Sometimes we forget uh, to dot the I's and, and cross the T's. And I think that I would have saved myself a lot of grief at the very beginning of my career if I had actually had some people that I was, uh, that I wanted to emulate or that I was really respectful of in terms of their journey that I could rely on to get their, their advice and their expertise at the beginning. Because it will make the journey that much easier when you feel like you have your own little cheerleading team in the background, mm-hmm. and especially in the first few years of business, right? Like we don't know for, to your point that you made earlier, there's no way that we know everything that we need to know as an entrepreneur. We've got right. a specific skill set and we need to fill in the gaps with other people um, who, who have the skills that we don't have. And those are the people that I would put on the advisory team. And just Brilliant. say, okay, once a quarter, I, I want to have a coffee with you and I want to give you the highs, the lows, the ifs, ands, and the buts. And I want you to be able to say to me, where do you think that I should go? And then kind of drill down all of that expert advice that you get from the folks in your advisory board and then make your own plan to move forward for the next quarter because it really will give you that confidence and the support mechanism that you need when you reach a bump in the road. Absolutely. Well, brilliant. And also, conversely, you can just hire Trish as a master coach. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you. (laughs) And then once you hire Trish... Well, it's true. And then after you hire Trish as a master coach, she can give you the whole alphabet of what else you should do to be successful in your startup. So, you know, one-stop shop, Trish. Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind. Well, but truly, I mean, I wouldn't prop you if I didn't believe in what you're doing and and knowing to what degree that you are uh, shifting change for people at a monumental level. So let's talk a little bit because we're being cognizant of time, I would like to break it down a little bit before we have to close out. As a master coach, Trish, what one, who is your ideal client and what generally are people seeking you out for? I'm generally helping folks who are at a growth stage in their business. So they've been, I work with creative people um, for mm-hmm. the most part. It's funny that you should ask because I just recently did a whole diagnostic on my clientele and the folks that I really enjoy working with. And they seem to be those folks who are creative. So, um, you know, in the architectural field, in the interior design field, if they're into product innovation, um, those people that really like to think outside the square, um, those are sort of the ideal clients and they're ready to scale. So they've 
made a commitment to their business, they've been in business for three to five years, and they're ready to do that, what I call the jump point or the tipping point to take their business to the next level. Um, those are the folks that are uh, I really gravitate towards because when you're making that decision to go to the next level, it's scalability. Yes. And so yes. I, I seem to, um, the, the folks that, that really resonate with me are the ones that are ready to scale. And so we come up and develop a plan that gives them an opportunity to take that wonderful um, business plan that they've been nurturing for the last few years and really blow it out of the water and make an opportunity to really pursue the dream on a grander level. And I actually also have some other clients where we go through the diagnostic and they say, hmm, you know what, Trish, maybe I really don't want to get go to that point. Maybe instead of going to Z, I only want to go to M. And so, you know, they scale back on their plan to, you know, instead of it going for shooting for the stars, um, they go for the moon instead, you know, and that's personal <laughs> choice. And, yes. and, and they, they sort of say, okay, you know, I, I had this really big scaled idea, but now that I really realize what's involved in getting to that place, maybe the effort, the time and the energy back to our original discussion about how, how do we want to balance? What does that look like? Um, maybe I don't want to go that far right now. Maybe for the next three years, I only want to go to this stepping stone. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we go through that that process as they're ready to scale their business. Fantastic. And just to clarify then, are you receptive to working with people from a multitude of disciplines and vocations, or is it people primarily that are immersed in the personal growth, personal development industry? No, I, I actually, um, I go for folks who have had, as I say, a business that has been really successful and it doesn't really matter the industry as long as they have a creative mind, mindset, mm-hmm. and they're ready for scalability. Um, I, I've actually been able to uh, assist folks in various different industries and disciplines, but I think the commonality is that they have a creative energy or a creative mind. And that's really what what helps us get them to the next level of success. Super. Well, I'm glad that we clarified that because a good portion of the people, the demographic who tune into the show are people who are immersed staunchly in the realm of personal growth, personal development. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to step outside of that if, in fact, it deviated. So thank you for clarifying mm-hmm. that. Um, oh, my pleasure. So when we when we look at the people who have contributed to share your stories, I mean, obviously you give homage and, and are immensely grateful and, and commend people on stepping forward with their authentic storytelling. But is there one particular story that really resonates with you that you either use as an example or when you think of what you do and who you've served, there's one, without even mentioning the author's name per se, but one set of circumstances within the storytelling where you think like, wow, that's brilliant, or I'm gobsmacked, or that even shifted my own thought processes with regards to anything. Is there one story in particular? You know, I, I can't uh, I honestly say that there's only one story. I'm, I'm one of those entrepreneurs who uh, is able to glean something from everybody's story. And Absolutely. I really find there's an empowering message in every story I read. So mm-hmm. even if it may not be an area of expertise that I directly relate to, I get something, I may get something for their three words of advice, because that's really very cool. We end each of the guest blogs with their three words of advice. And that's really interesting to see the, the various different words. And there's sometimes some commonality, you know, empowerment is really a word that 
folks like to use. And I think for every entrepreneur, it's just taking the first step. Mm, Yeah. And what would be your three words of advice, Trish? You know, my three words of advice change based on, um, you know, where we are in terms of age and stage and career. So mine are really paying it forward. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not the three words of advice that I would have started with even when I started this initiative 18 months ago. Um, But now it would be pay it forward. To your point, Lisa, I think that if the more that we share and reach out, ask for help, put up your hand and ask for help and reach out to people who are willing to help, Mm -hmm. I think that collectively we'll all be able to achieve our own definition of success. Absolutely. Well, and I think even just with respect to real life, you know, outside of the business realm, and I use the example of like a homeless person, I can recall a homeless person sitting outside a convenience store, and he had his hat open looking for money, right for food. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, not easy for somebody to be in that situation to have to ask for help. You can tell that they're in need of help. Why not save them the dignity? And when you see somebody who perhaps is in need, either for one reason or another, you know, voluntarily offer what you can. Again, that's another aspect of paying it forward and being of service. You know, it's not about ego, but it's about save somebody the pride uh, and the the further vulnerability of feeling exposed of having to say, I need help, right? So right. In, in whatever in whatever area within life, whether it's business, whether it's personal, where you see an opportunity to pay it forward and to be of service without waiting for somebody to have to conjure up the, the courage to say, can you help me? Do it. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the spirit Absolutely. of paying it forward and being of service. Yep. Absolutely. It's a little easier to do it from a business standpoint, because from a business standpoint, we can articulate specific things, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's in a personal realm that it's more difficult to put up our hand and ask because we don't want to be seen as not being the expert. And uh, if anything, in the last sort of six to eight months, uh, it has taught me a little bit about vulnerability. And uh, I've probably been I've stepped into my own vulnerability and authenticity in the last six months and and been able to overcome a lot of obstacles that I had pre-described in my own mind about that were that were uh, barriers for even the Share Your Stories initiative. You know, Mm -hmm. I have always admired folks like yourself who have an opportunity to interview people and you it's a skill. It's, It's a wonderful passion and skill to be able to get folks to share things that maybe they weren't even thinking of talking about. And when you do it sort of live and Mm -hmm. unscripted, um, you know, you never know where it's going to go. And I've really been able to step into that as an individual. And it's really nice as, as you can attest to Lisa, when you get a wonderful note from someone that you've uh, done an interview with and they send you a note and say, you know, thank you for that. I I had no, you made me feel so comfortable. I felt like I was in a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, to share my thoughts and ideas. And that's really a wonderful compliment. And I, I've really stepped into uh, the power or the authenticity of pursuing that as an individual and giving people an opportunity to share their voice. So I, I always uh, I think of someone like yourself who, who does that professionally. And it's a wonderful skill to be able to give someone the power to share the mic. 
Well, beautiful. And I, I really appreciate your kind words as usual. I mean, you're very sweet when it comes to things like that. And, and I really appreciate that. But, you know, it's, I think if you look at your intended audience for where you're taking the message, and of course, I use media all over the place. That's my platform. Um, so, you know, the, the listeners can't resonate with, I mean, because everybody in their own right who I interview is successful for one reason or another and has stepped into living fearlessly. Um, mm -hmm. But a listener can't necessarily relate to, say, for example, Deepak Chopra, who I've interviewed, his success. They want to know the backstory. They want to know how many times did you hear no? How many times were you mm -hmm. rejected? How many times did you fall flat on your face? How many times did you go bankrupt? Did you get divorced in the process? Like, let, let's bring this down a little bit to a humane uh, level because otherwise your story doesn't resonate with me. That's great that you're successful. Um, but I don't, I can't, I'll never be able to write 87 books in a hundred different languages. So can right. we break it, can we break it down a little bit and make it relatable yep. to, you know, the common person? And so that's where people really buy in. That's where the receptivity comes in because people can appreciate a person's success story if it's also coupled with all the crap that goes on, all the hurdles, right. all the, right? And, um, mm -hmm. and so, and as far as I have known you, as long as I've known you, Trish, I've, I personally have always felt that you've offered up a certain level of vulnerability uh, and have been very open about different times in your juncture where things have not gone according to plan. Um, so where you're saying this is something that's relatively recent in my history of knowing you, with, which has been years now, I've always taken it to be that you've always generously offered up that window into your soul. So, well, thank you. That's very kind. I guess uh, COVID has given us all this sober second thought, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So being cognizant of time, Trish, and you're always welcome to come back again because your momentum is always skyrocketing and you've also, you've always got a very imperative message in which to share with the masses. Cause again, we don't know what we don't know. Uh, so open standing invitation, but I would like to give you the opportunity before we close out here, where can people connect with you once again? So my website is trishtonai.com. Um, Share Your Stories initiative is shareyourstories.online. And I've gone with my personal name in most of the social media platforms so that I'm easy to find. Um, people can connect with me, send me uh, a direct message or an email. I'm always open to starting new conversations. Beautiful. Well, I want to thank you once again for the gift of your time, Trish. I always thoroughly enjoy our conversations, and I know that the listeners will appreciate this one as well. So to my listening audience, I want to thank you once, a uh, once again for the gift of your time. Um, I'm very clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. So until next week when we're joined by yet another phenomenal guest, I wish you safety, healthiness, and just continue to be uplifted. Thank you very much. Take care. You too, Trish. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless 
and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.